drug dealer, baby. Big 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 drug dealer, baby. about the end of that. Yeah, well, greetings in the name of the Most High. I I just, you know, <laughs> done for comedy. I remember where we were. We were at Marina Del Rey when we did that and uh, in the hotel room and uh, had a laptop and a little interface and uh, 
couple of mics and we just <laughs> went crazy. Anyway, oh, it, you know, it applies then. It applies almost 12, what, 12 years later. And, um, you know, it continues to apply. That's one thing I like about, you know, the music I've done over the time is that, you know, all of it, the more cinematic stuff, you know, the instrumentals, um, which I actually do those pretty well, but all, all the things I've done may not be really fit for the, for the time I'm in for the, and the, certainly not the billboard charts with all the garbage that's on there. But at last, the uh, it somehow just stays relevant through time, and that gives me a great deal of, of uh, happiness because I guess the rule on it is is if you're hitting on truth, you know, you truth remains relevant. The Bibles remain ve- relevant all this time, and it's because it's it it speaks truth, and even any book, even fiction, you know, Shakespeare. It speaks truth. And so, you know, there are different levels to truth. But truth is what endures. The fad, you know, and I have to say that, you know, I'm fully in agreement with Alice Cooper that basically they tried to make transgenderism and getting altered surgery, you know, uh, genital um, reassignment. They tried to make this a fad and get all the kids doing it where they didn't do this in other countries, but this was like a UN program. And the other thing was trying to force the end of the family, force all kids to be gay, but that's been, they've been doing that for decades and even messing with hormones to get people to go gay because uh, it's a depopulation program. It's got nothing to do with, so they, they could care less about sex. These planners don't care about sex. It's about control. And it's a, and it's a, people fall for this stuff. It's almost like they fell for transgenderism the way they fell for the hula hoop. And now the transgenderism is uh, controversial. People don't like it. They don't want to talk about it. And it's not really, you know, where did Dylan Mulvaney go? Everything I sort of predicted about this, this thing is, you know, is blown up in their faces now because it was never of the people. And it was never, um, gosh, I mean, I work with people that were, transvestites and, you know, guys wearing makeup and lipstick and eyeliner and coloring their hair, just, you know, bands and all that, you know, all that, uh, uh, you know, kind of, uh, uh, well, it was well known that if a guy dresses up more as a girl and has uh, real skinny legs, you know, uh, in tights, they, they, they tend to get the, the fans, you know, the people seem to like that. Right. And, um, so, uh, you know, so that became the sort of the, the, the style of rock stars, um, you know, and the, and androgyny androgyny has always been popular. It's been popular in burlesque. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, you know, drag Queens have always been Popular burlesque, men dressing up as women and putting on performances, always been popular. It's always been popular, but then when you start getting into the surgeries now, it's getting serious. And when this, and you, when you add up the suicide rates, basically almost everybody. I mean, anyone who is abused, if you're pressured by the school to go trans, and you, you or you do it because you've got to be cool. One, you don't you don't want to be a, a nerd fool anymore. Whatever you join in, 
and then you do the thing and then, you know, eventually commit suicide because your life has been ruined. And it's it, not just through verbal abuse, but through um, violence. Because, you know, when I'm pretty sure that a lot of these cases, it's not, they don't want to do this. Now, celebrities are, you know, known for being pretty dumb, but, you know, they're, they're chosen not for their intelligence, but for their obedience, right? And for their talent, of course, but for their obedience to, do, to use that talent in the way they're told to use it. They've always been that way. I mean, in the old days, Lou Wasserman owned all the actors, right? He had them all under contract. Okay, then eventually the actors got their own, you know, contract. Then the agents and managers of, you know, CAA and William Morris and UTA and all these different places, you know, got control of the uh, actors. And as long as they minded and stayed in their lane and had, you know, these people would plan out their futures and they would have to obey. And they still have to obey. I remember when I knew the head of William Morris at one time, and I think uh, we, you know, there was he was um, he. Believe it or not, he was like a, a trustee of the Looney Bin. <laughs> I was in, and he would call me, and then he would, you know, then occasionally he would tell me what his problems were. And he had Bruce Springsteen, I remember, and Bruce Springsteen didn't want to do his contract. And didn't want to obey William Morris. I, I guess he wanted to change things, or he, basically he just quit for a while until they made the deal right with him. You know, it's one of those big power struggles, and he was all upset about that. Like I just was thinking, that just seems so ridiculous to be upset about. But you know, he was upset about it, and, and eventually, as you could see, Bruce Springsteen had a fine career that he was never going to quit. And I didn't believe that for a minute. He already had that hit, hit album out. It was right in the beginning. And he'd call me in the loony bin and he just encouraged me not to be kicked out because then I would go to jail. And uh, uh, there are worse things, you know. There are worse things. That was just... You know, there was it was that pressure that you know that you just yeah you gotta stay you know you gotta stay there for the you gotta change so we can let you out and you can be a robot you can do what we tell you you can obey yeah so I want to make this about me I want to make this more about Maui but uh, Maui of course you know it's it's also possible that you, as you saw there was direct energy weapons used, and the government um, murdered, you know, thousands of people. Uh, there's also arsonists, you know. There's arsonists or eco-terrorists all over the world, and they're blowing up you know, plants, and they blow up the, they're blowing up the, uh, you know, train, derailing trains, and they're, they're blowing up, you know, oil refineries. They just got one. They're, they're setting fire. They arrested 80-some-odd 80, 80 eco-terrorists in, in Athens. So they're burning, trying to burn down Greece. The trouble that they have is when they try to burn down rich neighborhoods, the power lines are buried. And it makes it harder. You know, the uh, water is more available. The streets are wider. It's easier. But in a situation like Maui and Lahaina Town, you have you know, uh, exposed power lines, trees, all that stuff. 
you know, shanty shacks, basically, you know, built up from that. But I mean, basically beginning as a shanty town, shanty fish town, actually. And then, you know, blossoming into a, you know, you look at it and you go, wow, this location here. And then Kanapali to the north. As you go north, you hit Kanapali, which million dollar houses, big golf courses, you know, resorts. And then Kapalua. And then Honolulu Bay, one of the hottest surfing spots in the in the known world, and then you get to um, well, then it starts curving around the island toward the uh, the rainy side. So you know, up up at the head, that's at the head of the island. And if you look at the island, it looks like a, the bust of a woman, and Lahaina would be right on the like the neck, kind of in the head area. I guess the back of the head, and then around as you go the other way. You start coming around to um, the uh, uh, the the real um, uh, the real caviar, I guess, the real uh, essence of Hawaii, which is um, coming around into Hana, around that that west side and up to the north and then over. And, and and then down from Hana, then you have the other uh, place where the fire was, which is Kula, or upcountry, they call it. And that's the country that goes up to the crater, the Haleakala Crater. Of course, Hana's there, too. It's all rainforest and just beautiful. I mean, it rains every day. It's just the most, it's where the locals live. It's the most lush thing. But it's another area where there's locals and there's, you know, some ramshackle housing and you know, it's not all million-dollar homes in there, but it's the primo land. And I think Oprah has her place in that kind of rainforest area. I'm not really sure, but it looks like uh, it's like a Hana thing, you know. And Hana, it, it takes all day to drive there, so most of the people that live there, I mean, they they um, they can afford the helicopter ride from Kahalui Airport to Hana. It's just a quick hop, skip, and a jump. Uh, the road it just takes too long, and it's a very romantic road. The road to Hana, you've you've heard of that? They've been they've done songs about it. It's a very romantic thing. That there's a guy selling coconuts. It's all overgrown. It's like you're in the jungle. There's waterfalls. There's the hippies running around trying to sell you weed. You know, it's really a, a pretty amazing place. And then you know, there's a time for sun, and there's a time, but then it's raining, and then there's it's just so lush compared to the other side, the resort side, the west and south side, which in the south, now we have a new report from the Calvary Chapel in Maui. They weighed in on Fox News this morning about 4 a.m. And uh, they put the head pastor, I think it's the central Maui Calvary Chapel. I'm not sure it's the, it could be, you know, there's one down in Kihei, which is toward Wailea, which is you come down the you know the, the the head of the woman down to the neck, and then and then it widens out to the. Uh, I think it's still facing west, but it's south, southwest, which is more desert-like. And um, I'm not sure it's that one, but it's one of it's one of them. And the head pastor, I mean the the head you know the head pastor, I guess of Maui. Calvary Chapel was on TV talking about how they were giving relief to the people of Lahaina and how the police and the government, I guess he means the feds, FEMA, were doing a fantastic job, he said. But we were faster to the punch, you know, boasting, 
And, uh, you know, we were faster to, he put it this way, we were faster to the game. I can't believe he used that language. I mean, it's amazing. He needs to go back to school, learn how to read, and learn what words mean. But that's that's nasty, to put it that way. Um, But anyway, he said, "We're, we're quicker to the game. He's smiling. I'm like, dude. That, you know, thousands of children are dead, and, you know, and, and thousands of adults are dead, and all kinds of things have happened. And the billionaire is encroaching, you know, and it's just like he was completely, completely no truth, no Jesus, no spirit, no Holy Spirit, just complete devil. And I expect nothing less from the Calvary Chapel, really, or the, or the people, the congregations usually, you know, they're, they're like, trained to just be obedient automatons you know what i mean or they or basically they frown on anybody that's an individual unless you're up there in the organization and you've been there and paid your dues that sort of thing you know what i mean it was just like listening to some you know like a an ngo like the head of an ngo so the calvary chapel has become the head ngo now and giving relief and trying to put this good face on it and i'm shocked and horrified but you know if he knew the truth if he said the truth, I would say, brother. But since he doesn't know the truth, he doesn't say the truth, he buries the truth, he, he is a liar. And therefore, he is not Jesus. He is not a Jesus person. He is not a, you know, he is not a follower of Jesus. I don't care what anyone says. When you follow the Lord, you have to speak the truth. And that's how you tell if somebody is in Christ, a brother or a sister, because you speak truth because he is truth. It's just natural. It's like breathing. So this guy sits up there lying with his stupid goatee and his dumb Calvary Chapel sort of uniform, which is like, you know, the golf shirt, but a blazer and maybe some dockers or maybe even some nice jeans and some, I don't know, topsiders or something. It's sort of this kind of like Costa Mesa sort of semi-preppy look. A little with a little boat thing going or something. I mean, it's 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 weird, but they all have these same goatees and these same. It's very much. Uh, I can't believe people fall for it. I can't believe people sit in those pews and listen to people like that. Yeah, come on! When, and they got the whole chapel going, and all the all the families and everyone's pulling together. And like, if this is the guy that's going to save our country, I don't want it. I don't want the country. If you know that these guys will turn it. Hey, but le- listen, liberals. If you're checking in here, first of all, welcome. I don't. You know, I'm just going to say my truth. And you say yours, but let me tell you something. You're worried about a theocracy. You don't have anything to worry about for me, because I have a whole different take on it. It's not about you know arranging the world for Jesus. It's all about me. And the Lord and 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 you know doing what the Lord would have me do and speak what the Lord would have me speak. Today I I did a um, I was outside I lifted my arms to the stars since I'm up in the meet wee hours lately going to bed really early and up early and I'm talking to the Lord and I'm talking about space and I'm communicating quantumly with all the uh, all the things in space I'm, and I said you can all hear me because of quantum technology so listen up. You're not God. 
You're not going to put God in a little, in a little, uh, you know, uh, bomb and blow it up. You're not going to put God, you know, usurp the power of God for your own selves. This, this is not how it works. And it's like they're, and it's almost like they were hearing this for the first time, whoever they are. They just can't seem to get their mind around that. They think God is like this force to be tapped into and to use. And I'm serious. I, I, I'm, I'm really serious. And the ether may be, there be you know, free electricity is out there. You know, you can tap into the power of the sun and power anything. I mean, I'm just saying the, the ignorance of, of people in space. Now we have ignorant aliens. And so that, I mean, I mean it, I guess the real curse is being, because see, God brings you up. He, you know, before the Lord, I just knew, knew nothing. I knew nothing. But the Lord filled me with knowledge of all kinds of things. And I, I needed knowledge because I needed to understand what happened to me. I'm like the man that's wandering around with amnesia that's trying to put the pieces of his life back together to find out what happened. You know, so the Lord had to fill me in on all kinds of things, including motivations of people, organizations of people. Today, Trish is telling me about how Bohemian, the Bohemian Club has like, how many organizations? A hundred? A hundred camps out there, not just Bohemian Grove. And William Keith, who's unfortunately some distant relation, uh, the founder was a mystic, was a spiritualist, was an occultist was like Aleister Crowley. They called him the prophet, and they called him the whatever. He, the, you know, the, the, and, and he would paint these landscapes of the Sierras, and he formed the Bohemian Club. I think there may have been a couple other founders, he, but he's listed as one of the founders, William Keith. His paintings are still out there selling. Um, and he, he, they're incredible, but he's, you know, he's... Uh, uh, he. he the whole point of Bohemian Club, if you must know, it was not for Bohemian, meaning writers, poets, that time poetry was popular, novelists, you know, painters, okay, to have their books and their wares uh, a place that could, they could display those things. So, because people, the artists were having a very hard time selling their paintings. And that's why Bohemian Club was born. So 90% of the congregation there would be limited to like 2,700 people, members, tops. And the whole point, and yes, 27. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes I said 27. And um, they would be the top people, the 90% of Bohemian Club would be the top people in industry, the most wealthy people in the world, the most powerful. In other words, the, the big bang baby billionaires in Maui, okay? The Larry Ellisons of the world, these kind of people. Um, you know, Bill Gates, that kind of thing. Uh, and also old money, you know, old money from Europe, you know, Merovingians, whatever, whatever, you know what I mean? But it became all the rage because it was Keith who founded the actual Bohemian Grove in the Sonoma Woods because he loved it out there. He would paint that. And so he insisted that it be this retreat. I mean, when the, when the club was founded, that was founded right away. Right away. And right away, there was debauchery. He would be, how, how far removed again? He would be, he would be uh, let's see, he was around in the 1850s during the gold rush. 
And then um, he died, I believe, around uh, maybe 1911. I don't know. It's, you know, he would have been, he had uh, uh, Charles Van Vleck Keith was his one son. And then he had a daughter as well with the first wife. And then she passed. And then he took up with this other wife that was a, a suffragette or a uh, wanting the women vote, you know, and her father was a, uh, was a judge and she actually was, it was a fa- famous family and Keith is actually buried in her plot. Yeah. Cause I've, I've done a, I have a genealogist working for me on the whole Keith thing, you know, because I, you know, I get into my grandfather in the documentary and how he got to be the head of all these, you know, like, you know, one of the, almost like a co-founder of Hilton, you know, getting Conrad Hilton up and running and Disneyland and L.A. and, you know, stuff like, you know, yeah, 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 all this stuff, you know, like 30 corporations, he was on the board of 30 corporations at one point. So what I'm, you know, and then, of course, no one would say his name because they're afraid of being, you know, given the cement shoes treatment. You know what I mean? They're scared to death of him, just like you'd be scared to death of Don Corleone. So what the hell? He was, everything that he wanted to do had to do with war. Everything, you know, Boeing. Like I say, he had pictures of the moon of, you know, where, where we, we, we didn't take, we don't have ships that we didn't, there was no way we could have had those pictures. And he said, well, that was taken from a telescope. And I'm like, okay, you know, if you take a telescope, the other side of the moon, it, you know, just lying on his desk. So there's just stuff like that around, you know, and. Obviously, there's, you know, people have been to the moon a long, long time ago. And, um, you know, uh, the Van Allen radiation belt really is not a problem, but it's just, it's, uh, it would be a problem for, I guess, uh, you know, electronics, photography, things like that. But um, whatever, it, it really doesn't matter. You know, they've been out in space. They, there's space vehicles there's ezekiel's wheels there's god's throne out there there's all kinds of stuff out there okay you know and the belt was supposed to keep the humans back and the elites you know this is not the first time they've there's been a breakaway from human but the problem is is the aliens that you see quote aliens are really began as humans and then look what they did to themselves they completely changed their genetic they're doing what what harari's talking about it's already been done you know, it's it's the whole mystery of Genesis six, which alludes to it. But they find uh, all the time there's artifacts found, like computer chips that are two hundred fifty million years old, stuff like that. Well, where are those people? Two hundred fifty million year old humans. Well, they're aliens, and it's all working together. To it's, you see, what you don't realize is that the human being contains um, the same thing as God. In other words, you have the power of a billion suns within you, each one of you. And they don't have that. These people in the world, these collectivists, and they give that up when they, when they cross the line. You know that. And there's no going back. Once your soul is gone, it's gone. You know, there's redemption, but there must be contrition and repentance. And then that would be the rare individual rather than a bunch of people, right? That's that rare individual that's been in the dark side. The dark side, basically, what hell is, the definition of hell, is described as a lake of fire. And it's describing a spiritual condition 
of separation from God would be like a lake of fire. Okay? And these people who are dictating to us about climate change and blaming us for everything that happens and COVID, bringing COVID back, which is an all lie. It's a flu. It's a flu bug. It's, they might even bring Marburg disease or all these other kind of diseases. Obama tried to bring in Ebola, remember? When we called him President Ebola, I even wrote a song about it. I got to go find it. President Ebola. You know, remember? Well, that's a long time ago. But anyway, the point is, is that, uh, you know, it's, just, it's the, the Maui thing is just, they... they Okay. Oh, yeah, okay, so this came up because the workers at the Bohemian Club, which is in San Francisco, which is, I've, I've been there once with my grandfather, took us there when he took, he took me and Rick, my brother Rick, late, late brother, everyone in my family is dead. And I have a uh, cousin, but she was uh, adopted. That's about it. But that's, but I predicted that would happen because you can't do the kinds of, you know, sort of Machiavellian ruthless sins and just, just, just tear it up like that and, and, and tear up, uh, you know, and just be completely immoral and ridiculous and expect that you're going to get anything less than, than finally your kingdom, you will lose your kingdom. You will lose your, your, your line. You know, the, the sins of the fathers are visited upon the sons. Okay, all right. Uh, you know, you know she's, we're dealing with uh, the coyotes and our dog is just, he's really, you know, pissed off that they're out there kind of, and what attracts them are the fruit trees. Okay, so I'm out there dedicating my life to the Lord. And I'm saying, Lord, use me. I'm your vessel. We're not having these hierarchies. We're not going to do anything. Here I am. I'm your vessel. Just let me be your vessel and just use me, Lord. And you know what? That works. Because the Lord takes me and then I feel completely protected because... Well, he's busy using me, and while he's using me, you know, he's, he needs me to be alive to be used. So, you know, there, I have to be, you know, mobile. I have to be healthy. And uh, for those who prayed for my back, my back was, you know, people were talking surgery and all this stuff, and I'm like, oh, my God. And no, no, today I feel miraculously better there, and it's definitely a muscle thing. It's definitely something i got to work on with my stomach. It's just a certain angle I got to that caused an injury, and I think that, uh, you know, now today I'm completely without cane. It's just like, I don't know, like, you know, it's just needed to, to rest. One day I really pushed it pretty hard, doing some light construction here with, you know, replacing a, digging up the tile, the floor tiles and replacing them, and, you know, it's a real mess. <laughs> but, uh, all I can tell you is that, uh, you know, with the Lord, all things are possible. With the Lord, all joy is possible. But without God, as I was saying, and I'm going to tie up all these threads, um, you know, the definition of hell, okay, what it really is, is separation from God. I think everyone would agree with that. And I don't believe they, they were trying to give us this lake of fire to be this sort of literal thing. 
I think it was a kind of a, a metaphor at one point. You'll have your place in the lake of fire. What that and I believe what that means is that means it's it's like going back to Obadiah in that last very key verse. You know, Jacob I have loved, but Esau I have hated, and the children of Esau will be as if they've never been. In other words, separation from God. See, that was a theme back then, to be as if you never were, to be uncreated in a sense, but then to actually never have been created in the first place is really much more of a, it's, it's almost mind-boggling. You can't really get your mind around that. But that's what I think hell really means. And that there's a permanent state, that the, like when you commit the unforgivable sin, which may be Matthew 18.6. Maybe Matthew 18, 6. I mean, it's just, when you look at it, and I've looked at it for years, and I've, I've read my Bible for years looking at it, and I've, I've just come upon it again, you know, and it's like anyone that deters. It's not just deterring children. It's anyone who deters anybody who would otherwise be with the Lord. You know, be with the Lord's heart, but be what the Lord wanted to gather the harvest with the free will so that you can back out of it if you want. You know, you don't have to go where you belong. But this alternative life the devil offers, material wealth and things in this world that uh, fame, whatever. Um, and then when Jesus bowed down, was asked. I'm sorry. When Jesus was asked to bow down, it seemed that Satan had um, all institutions. And it's fine if most of the occultists don't believe in Satan. It's fine that they believe in demons or gods or you know whatever. It doesn't really matter. They believe in Quetzalcoatl. They believe in you know ascended pharaohs. They believe in Isis and Osiris. They believe in you know whatever Zarathustra. <laughs> you know they they believe in all these things. It's fine. It doesn't really matter. The whole point is, is that Satan, too, the, uh, exists in the Bible as a real deal and is also connected to the dragon and has also different identities. And people don't really know, you know, who's running the show a lot of the time. But they'll conjure whatever demon they can to try to get power and to try to get their way in society. And, you know, that's what's happened in Maui. That's what's, so, so what's God do? God has, is in their heads rent-free. When they see somebody like you who actually knows who he is or knows who she is, um, you know, what happens is that that fear chord gets struck like, bam, like just really, like if you took a hammer to a piano wire, you know, in a piano, a tight piano, like a, baby grand and just slapped it with a, like a, a baseball bat, bah, you know, and it just, it wakes them up and then they go into a rage when they see you. Right. And, and, and you, you're wondering, well, what did you do? You didn't do anything. They, 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 they're, they have psychic abilities when they cross over, you know, that, you know, we always talk about the hive mind. Well, the hive mind means that, you know, they're, they're, they get doled out, you know, they get their gifts in this worldly dimension we get our gifts direct from God. Two different languages, two different spirits, two different vibes, two different species, actually, in the end. You know, you're, you're, you're destined to become a tabernacle of God, meaning you contain God. That means you are like the temple. That means you're really more like 
uh, infinite amount of suns is the power that you hold. Even today, with the promise of that. And that's where the book of Revelation really comes in. And, you know, some of the book of Daniel kind of sums it up in Daniel 12. But in the book of Revelation, you know, it, it starts sort of getting into this new Jerusalem and getting this idea that, you know, there's no need for a temple. There's no need for light. There's no need for, it's all contained. And the real reality is really a, a dimension within us. And as Jesus said in, Matt, in, in Luke seventeen twenty one, the kingdom of God is within you. It's all there. We're facing the other way, outwards. Inwards is an infinite universe, is infinite possibilities forever. And, um, and whatever you need forever. Whatever wounds have to heal, healed forever. So to be cut off from God, you know, you're, you're going to have your part in the lake of fire. But we all know that in the end, nothing exists without God. And that um, God, if God demands fidelity, you know, it's, it, you, you cannot have a separate dimension called hell because everything belongs to God. Everything is contained within God. So that that would not be a destination of God. Hell would not be something that, uh, you know, you would punish people and then look over them forever, you know, burning in hell, burning in that dimension. So let's take, just bear with me for a second before you scoff or laugh or whatever. Okay, so the idea then would be that when they go over, they're in hell now. And I noticed this. This is a revelation that hit me, and I was trying to tell Trisha. I knew I had to go live with this because this is a revelation. So um, here's the revelation. So that their part in the lake of fire is today. And I saw it when I was scrolling through the pictures of the, of the Maui governor, Josh Green, and the, the, the Maui mayor and, and some of the other people. And there's a certain look that they shared with some of the elites like, you know, Klaus Schwab and others, certain look in their eyes. And I noticed this was universal among all of them. And then I realized it was sheer terror and sheer torment. And then I realized that what they do with the torment is they externalize it to you and me, right, to try to offload it. But what that torment is, is they are in the lake of fire literally now. They're in hell, and they're trying to bring hell to the world because that's the environment they actually live in. They're actually having their part in the lake of fire today. And they're aware of it. And the only time they get disturbed is when they see one of you. And it reminds them of the fate of sort of, you know, figure out, and the fallen angels are with them because... They have no fate either. They have no future either. It's almost like they are being uncreated as we speak. So they know they're going to, it's like they're like in a painting, like in, even in a Bosch painting. And they're, they're, I know how you look at a painting, like, and then it starts morphing. These people start disappearing because their lives are gone. They return to dust. They are a vapor. Everything returns to God. That's why it's, you know, even a lake of fire, anything created would return to God eventually. So they can't have a doctrine of a separate hell. You can't have it. it, it it's, it's, not, it's not consistent with an omnipotent, omnipresent, 
and uh, and uh, uh, you, you know omnidimensional God. It's 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 not it's not it doesn't follow math, logic, any of it. And everything with God is ultimately logical. Some stuff is quantum, so that when you deal with quantum realities in the Bible, you know, like infinity, um, you know, uh, the connection that people have, and you know, the, you know, witchcraft, or you look at any of these things that deal with quantum realities, like you know, there's an association. How do I know that all these beings in space could hear me today? Because of quantum reality. Because of this, 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 you know, they can hear you. They can read your mind. They can do all this from wherever they are. And they do every day. I was aware of certain presences walking around. And they were trying to study us when I was in bed lying there. And I realized there was like people walking in the room. And, um, you know, they, they were, they were um, very disturbed. You know, and, and they didn't last long. They disappeared. You know, kind of shadowy figures. They they disappeared, and why did they disappear? They're there. They were there observing. It's not the first time this has happened to me. Where they there's one time they're just at the end of my bed observing. They weren't demons per se. They looked like humans, like kind of like ghostly figures, but they weren't really aggressive. They weren't really communicating. It wasn't like some TV show or some fantasy movie or something. And um, you know. It was more like disappointment, lack of, you know, because you're not giving them anything. They come around, they get nothing. Why? Because you have the Lord, you've got Jesus, you've got the Holy Spirit, and you're, you know, being protected in that moment by God, and so they're being shooed away. Even if you don't deliver yourself, there are, you're being delivered, out of that situation where they can surround you and, you know, and just basically, if they can get you to sin, right? If they can get you to do even like sexual sin in bed, you know, that sort of thing, succubi, succubus stuff. If they can do that, then yeah, they got you there. They got you there. That's a, that's a real fight because the sex desire is very strong. That's yeah, a hard thing to fight against, you know? And nobody blames anybody for falling to that once in a while, but you do have to clear out the demons. You do have to, you do have to repent. You do have to shut those doors that may have opened. You know, if you got into a fantasy with a witch or something that's trying to communicate with you and then trying to get you to defile yourself. You know, this happens every day. I'm, I'm not going to get on this subject because I, this is not where I'm going. But you know, just as an aside, there is that. You know, temptation. So we pray, Lord, please lead us out of temptation. Keep us from the evil in Jesus' name, amen. Because we know that though that might be somewhat you know, physically pleasurable, we also know that the, the consequences can last a lifetime of bondage. You know, whatever your bondage is. In Francesca's case, it would be wanting to be abused. I'm trying to fight that, you know, but it's connected to the sex urge. So it's it's very hard to fight, you know, and it's too bad it happened with those people that did this to her. And I'm sorry that happens to, to so many, to pretty much all children. Most people get abused. Most people are abused. They don't want to deal with it. Um, you know, in my case, uh, it was organized. 
You know, it's like traditional generational satanic ritual abuse for, you know, certain, you know, people that have generational, you know, it, it goes generationally. So here's the next batch of, of kids that have to be indoctrinated. And indoctrinated just means, you know, sexual favors and obedience to man, worship of man, actually, learning the black magic skills, learning the, the witchcraft, learning, you know, being under the tutelage. And, you know, they usually, they go from being, uh, you know, wild poets and stuff to cutting their hair, and, you know, <laughs> taking computer classes, becoming nerd, you know, becoming fabric of society. And then, of course, you know, steering society the way that they're trying to steer it, which is no family, extermination of all people, extermination of all souls, extermination of Jesus, extermination of anything that has to do with freedom, and only just, you know, tight control. Which is, you know, today it looks like a feeble attempt because, and this is what I was going to say, um, now let me go back to the revelation about hell being now. Hell is now for those who've crossed over. They're in the lake of fire. I see it in their eyes. Their consciences are seared and they externalize um, the pain to the innocent ones, you know, to people, regular people out there. And so you wonder, well, why would they murder all these people and burn everything down and kill everything? Because they're in hell, that's why. If you're in hell, you do the same thing. You, you have no hope in any heaven or anything, so you, you have got to go with hell. And hell demands the destruction of the human race. Absolutely. Think about the dictates of hell. Think about how they're all guided the same way. Think about how they all do the same thing on, on the same day. They all light fires on the same day all over the world. Think about that. How would they know to do that? The communication isn't even that good. How would they know? Because they just know. How would they know? Because they are hardwired to hell. Because they're literally in hell. And that is the lake of fire, in my opinion. I've been studying this for, well, since at least, well, most of my life, actually. See, I didn't ever understand the doctrine of hell that was being taught. I didn't understand it because it meant separation and nothing is separated. So what do we do? What do we do with this philosophical problem? And then I realized, ah, okay, like a lot of things, it's multidimensional meaning. It has to be broken down, hell. Hell is not just something out there for later, like everyone will stand there and be judged. We are, we are putting in time where time is an illusion. We are judged if we're, if we're going to hell, and that's the final determination, no matter where you are in your timeline of age, then you're seen as hell now, two beings outside of time and space. Does that make sense? So um, anyway, that was my... I got this revelation by looking at Josh Green. I looked in his eyes. I looked at that mare... I looked at some of the other people behind him. Some of the people were smiling, like some of the police were actually like dancing and smiling and hugging and ha 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 trying to put a good face on on police murdering innocent people, <laughs> burning down their fellow Hawaiians in Maui, <laughs> making way for the billionaires like Oprah and Bezos and 
Ellison and, and, you know, the Chinese billionaires, the Russian billionaires, who knows where it stops. But the billionaires call the shots. Now we find out that all these billionaires are building their, you know, they have all these 50,000 acres somewhere up in California, and they're all building their little utopian city there because they tried Hawaii. Hawaii is now blown. They tried New Zealand. New Zealand's blown. So now they're back to California again, and I guarantee the water will be flowing there for crops. And, um, you know, they're going to build a utopian city with, you know, guarded with a like a big wall. So you a place where the billionaires can hide out because they know their day is, if they don't build that now, an escape hatch, they know that people are going to rip them to shreds. They're going to draw and quarter them. They're going to hang them in the square. There won't be one billionaire left because you see they're all part of it. Isn't that awful? But then again, the love of money is the root of all evil. The root of all evil is what we're talking about in Maui. So then when you understand that word, the root of all evil, the desire, the lust, the lying, the doing anything for that almighty dollar, then you understand how easy it is to murder 5,000 people or however many there are, whatever it is. Then you see how easy it is to just put, and then you go and do these charity events where you put on you know, live aid. You know, I see Pearl Jam for Mauians. What does Pearl Jam know about Maui? Nothing. You know, just a shameless promotion, right? Shame on them. Shut up. Don't get involved in this unless you really want to dig in all the way, especially into the spiritual reasons. Because if you're like that Calvary, the Calvary Chapel guy was spiritless. He was actually had no soul, no soul, nothing Empty. that you could feel. Empty. He was just sitting there kind of, you know, laughing with the fox and friends. I, I couldn't believe it. What a callous piece of shit. I couldn't believe it. And maybe that was just, you know, him on the air. He just made, maybe just made an honest mistake. But can you imagine sitting there holding hands and, you know, having dead prayers over people that you don't care about, you know, you're just, uh, man, I couldn't, I couldn't handle it. I've, I've, being around people like that just drove me nuts because they, they will persecute you, they will string you up, they will crucify you if they see that you've got the Holy Spirit or the gift of prophecy or the gift of sight. I'm the seer now. See, the seer is like my comic book character. And, and it's come to life. <laughs> And it's really funny because it makes me go out and pray more. It makes me go out and say, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm here for your witness. You know, take me, use me. And I will tell them things that will blow their minds. I will say things no one else will say. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not embarrassed that, you know, of the abuse because why? Because uh, that's the system we're in. Everyone should know that it's worldwide. Everyone should know it's from the 7-Eleven to the mansion up in uh, the top of Bel Air. You know, I mean, everyone needs to know that it's the, it's the penthouse in Paris and it's the uh, castle in Scotland. There's no place you can go on this earth where they don't exist and rule. And the way they rule is through shame, circles of shame, and sexual abuse as well as theft and murder and the rest of it. And so the billionaire class, you, you know, 
people say Trump, well, Trump was friends with Epstein and all that. Yeah, but there's something about Trump. The way they're acting toward Trump is the way they act toward a, uh, an innocent lamb, even though he's not innocent. I know he, he, they had a thing of him saying, well, you know, I really, you know, one of the great pleasures in life is good pussy, he says. Now, he might have said that while he was, probably wasn't drinking, but he's just, you know, pretty crass that way. It drives them nuts. They talk about it all the time. But when he talks about sex, pussy, whatever, he likes women. And when he talks about sex, it's bad. But then when they talk about, you know, cleaning up their butthole so they can have, uh, you know, so it can be as clean as, uh, as, as a as genital, you know what I mean? It, and, and so it's, uh, you know, it's all set for the orgy or whatever. They could talk about that all the time and no one, you know, people are not allowed to, to comment on that. Or, if, you know, if a guy, you know, runs up and kisses a girl or something, and, or vice versa, a girl kisses a guy, it's like, oh, that's misogynistic. But when a girl kisses a girl, oh, they, you're not allowed to say one thing about it. Shameless sexual uh, advances uh, would be considered just, uh, you know. So everything that's happened to the left, and I want to talk about this today, has been God-orchestrated. They make so many, the, the mistakes they've made now mean they're, you know, what, what they are now is they're going to fade out. They're not going to be here. I mean, they lose, but they've lost today. And now they've made Trump president. I don't know how he gets out of, what, 90 indictments or whatever he has, 90, 90 counts or something, some ridiculous, ridiculous clown world number. But the thing is, is that you see everything that they meant for harm, including the mugshot, which was like, oh, the mugshot, that'll really do him in. He's doubled his popularity since the mug. The mugshot is the most viral thing there is on the Internet right now. Billion of people have seen this thing and they're running with it. It's like he's total, total. There, there's now this uh, sort of, you know, N word for Trump, you know, gangsters for Trump now in the black community. And all the rappers are just jumping on the Trump train. I mean, they all are. It's, it's, they all are. All of them. Maybe not Snoop Dogg and some of the, you know, maybe not Jay-Z. You know, they're, 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 they, they can't afford to because they would lose, you know, too much money. But a lot of the young rappers, are just jump, they just jump on. They say, this is the most gangster guy there is right here. You know, they just like, and, and this, these are people that the left is counted on. The left is basically a murdering commie. Murder mayhem. But the goal of the left is not, you know, the left. It's basically the global extermination of human. And that's what hell wants. And these people have gone to hell already. You know, there's a thing called the unpardonable sin. It's a line that you can't cross. And when you do cross it, it, you have made, you, you're counted as having made your decision with your free will. You get one, one shot at this. So the thing is, how many shots, how many chances? Well, you can have a million chances Jesus can give you. And crossing over the line doesn't mean, you know, you go, yes, Klaus Schwab, I kiss your feet, I kiss your ring. Here, I open my vein, I'll cut my fingers off for you, whatever, and I'm yours now. That doesn't mean you crossed over. Right? It's an internal thing that only God can really see. You know, it's, it's, it's deeper than that, deeper than the physical. See, we always think of everything on the surface. We never get deep into anything. 
because we're afraid. We're afraid to go into the darkness. We're afraid to look at things that may not make sense. We're afraid to look at things that might change our worldview. And we understand that. That's why what preachers are supposed to do is they're supposed to illuminate these topics so that people are excited about them and do want to look into them and want to understand where they're going so that, you know, death is not just a slump down the hill and then off the cliff, but you're ascending to something greater if you be in the Lord. If not, you're descending to, well, you're probably already in hell and wondering, but if you're having a wondering, see, if you're in hell, if you're looked at as in hell, if I say, oh, well, he's in hell, and if you're wondering what you can do to get out of it, like, you know, maybe I made a mistake or something like that, that, doesn't, that actually indicates that maybe you didn't commit that sin because it's something that has to be committed deep within you, in your heart. Does that make sense? It's, not some, it's something, you know, God can do. That's why God says don't judge, you know, judge, judge do, do not judge because, you know, we can't... Uh, I mean, I can say that guy today had no Jesus. No Holy Spirit, but that's like for one day. Does that mean he's going to hell? I, I have no idea. Maybe he's just, be, maybe he's just, you know, I mean, we go through dry seasons where we don't feel connected to the Lord. That could happen to anyone. But, I mean, you're talking about somebody that's a, leading a spiritual leader out there, having no spirit. And it's, I mean, I predicted all this, and now it's all coming out in the wash. They just had their big Chuck Smith thing about, you know, baptizing the hippies and taking the sort of ne'er-do-wells off the streets and, the, you know, turning them into... And basically the whole operation of Calvary Chapel was to turn, you know, hippies, derelicts, bums into productive citizens. <laughs> and, you know, they get paid for that by society. Society's very interested in, you know... Satanic society is very interested in recruiting. And Calvary Chapel is a recruiter. And so it's it's very simple. They they their their bread and butter is that recruiting. Greg Laurie's bread and butter is that harvest crusade, taking anybody, everybody, and then they put them to work. They get referred to. They learn how to work in the forklift. They learn how to do this. They learn how to do roofing, and so now they're not homeless. They're out there roofing. They have a family. They have a kid, and everyone applauds them as having turned their life around. When actually they may have been better off living in the cracks and the shadows, staying away from conformed society. They insisted at the Calvary Chapel that everybody be conformed to society. Then you can have Jesus. Jesus will not even communicate with someone that's conformed, other than to say, get out of there. At least that's been my experience. They do hear from demons called Jesus. They do hear from spirits that call themselves Jesus. They hear from Satan who calls himself Jesus. Well, they sure hear from that. Oh, yeah, they got their lives very regulated, very regimented. You know, I'm surprised they don't hand out stripes and epaulets and uh, ribbons to people now for their, for their great service. Saving the children of Maui, huh? Too late to save the children. But I, I can't imagine how the Calvary Chapel's moving its way in there to recruit people that have lost everything, to recruit them, to give them comfort, to give them food, to give them, you know, whatever. They say they're, they're providing water. Well, they didn't provide water the day they needed the water. You know, the, the, the government means well, he said, but they're, just, they're not as good at the game as we are. 
And I, that's what I have to say to you. <laughs> Look, asshole, it's not a game. Shut up with that game shit. Seriously, you're an embarrassment to everything. I can't, and maybe there'll be someone in Maui who can hear me, who may be in that you know forlorn place that you call a church, which is you know ridiculous. And they'll get up and leave because they don't want to be uh, hearing doctrines of devils. You can recite the same verses, and somehow they mean something different when you say it than when I say it. Why, why would that be? You know, the recipient of that verse gets something different from me and something different from you if we stick to the strip and we don't add any commentary to it. They each get something different. If you say it, they get this, and if I say it, they get that. What they really want is the word, what they really need is the word. They need to dine on the word. They need to, the, the word needs to become them. How can it become them if you're speaking the word, reading the scripture, but yet you're putting a block on it by your spirit? If your spirit is not in alignment with that scripture, then it's dead. You can read it over and over 50 times, Psalm 23, again and again and again, 100 million times. I could read it once or maybe not read it at all, and it would communicate. You read it, and nobody, you know, it's like find, yawn, get some coffee at the break, now we'll have communion, then they pass the money plate around, you got to throw money in the coffer. And my experience with the uh, Cowrie Chapel has been that all they care about is money. How much money is in the coffer every week? And that's how they judge their church and how many people are attending. That's it. If you know that, you know the whole thing. You know it was dead when I was in Costa Mesa at the first tent rally that Chuck Smith had. It was dead then. It was the band on the stage and the, all the hoopla and sort of doing a TBN type of thing only in a tent. And, um, you know, everyone, you know, sort of, you know, they're very loud and boisterous. I went to a Harvest Crusade, too, up in Ventura Fairgrounds. Franklin Graham flew in, and they had all the Christian rock stars there doing their Christian music, you know. And it was just a joke. It was, just, it was the most dead. It was, it was a socializing hour. And uh, this is their form of entertainment. I assure you, God is not entertainment for you. It's not the idea. If anything, we're the entertainment for God. So he's got it turned around backwards. I could go on and on, but see, no matter what I say, they can't hear me. They don't understand my words. They don't understand the truth. They don't understand normal spirit talk. They can't do the slightest rudimentary thing in the spirit. And when they speak in tongues or whatever they do, they just fake it. If someone's going to speak in tongues, and I've definitely speak in tongues every once in a while, uh, it's, I went through a big, big time of it the last couple of years, and then it stopped. Um, there has to be someone that's able to, in, to hear it and interpret it. It should be very clear. If you're really in the spirit speaking whatever language, it doesn't matter the other person receives it even if they don't know that language. And they can speak back to you and say, you're saying this, 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 and this. I receive that, Lord. And so what the Lord's doing is a miracle there. 
for the edification, the building up of the saints. That's the point. Boy, has that been lost. All these things should be self-evident. I shouldn't have to be here speaking about these basic things. But because we've gone so far wrong in this country, it's not surprising with the uh, 501c3 destruction of the church, the uh, infiltration of Masonic pastors, and the syncretism of blending Christianity with all kinds of doctrines that are doctrines of man rather than God. It's not surprising that there's so little faith that, you know, Jesus said, when I return, will there be any faith left? And what a great prophecy, because, you know, that warning is so true. Will there be any faith left? If Jesus came here today, what would he say? What would he say to the Calvary Chapel? Depart from me, I never knew you. That's what, exactly what he would say. Scariest phrase in the Bible. Depart from me, I never knew you. Depart from me, you never allowed me to know you. Because you have free will, you could have gone the other way, but you didn't. And now you want to pretend you're a Christian for whatever social reasons, and you want power over people, and you want to make money. And so Jesus says, I I don't know you. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you are. If you can't see the Jesus in me, then you are a liar and of the devil. And that's what I say to people. I, I just basically do John 8. You know, I mean, if you don't recognize me, then, then obviously either you're blind, and, and one day you will, and you're, you're on your own path to, to greater awareness of the spirit realm around you, um, or you are of your father, the devil, because Jesus says in John 8, if you knew me, you'd know my father. But you neither know me nor my father. Uh, Your father is the devil, the father of lies. So you are liars. He's saying to the top religious figures in Israel, the top people, he's saying they're liars and they belong to Satan, not God. Right to their face. (laughs) You're not yet 50 years old and and yet you say you have... What, more wisdom than Abraham? And then he says the classic, before Abraham was, I am, he says. And that's it, they're ready to stone him to death and he just somehow gets away. Boldly speaking the truth, if you knew me, you would know my father. If you knew me, you would listen. If you are who you say you are, you would listen. But you don't know me. You don't know my father. You don't know who sent me. You don't know who gives me words to say. You don't know. I'm almost, you know almost nothing about anything that's real. So therefore, please get off the stage. You're just, you know, a waste of space. But when we're dealing with, you know, 
couple thousand kids murdered or whatever, you know, burned in their homes or kidnapped. Some people say they were kidnapped and, you know, trafficked, whatever, whatever thing, horrible thing that happened. Uh, to call it a game and to boast on how you're bringing in supplies after such tragedy, it, it's, it's like the worst taste possible. And the, the only people making mistakes like that right now are Satanists. Oh, no, they don't call themselves Satanists. They don't know anything about anything. They just, you know, to, to me, their obedience is Satanism. But you can call it whatever you like. Just call it secular if you like. It's, nothing is secular, but go ahead. You know, stick to your idea of the world. The world is 3D, has gravity, and everything dies from entropy. Okay, fine. Well, that's, that's not my world. That's your world. Well, now he wants to play. So that's the revelation for today. You know, I, I see them as being in hell already. And when they see you, basically what happens is they get triggered. And then they attack you because they're externalizing the hell that's in them. And they, it makes a very, they don't want to look at that. They want to see themselves as saviors, saviors of the earth through climate change, even though they're the ones burning down the planet. They're the ones, oh, and the, 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 the technology is there in spades to make, you know, Dallas 110 degrees. No problem! I, I have on my Facebook page all the, um, the technology, and there's one little video clip of the newest thing, you know, of, of, a, of a, I forget what it's called, but it can um, communicate with, a, with something the size of like a golf ball 2,500 miles away. What that means is it can affect the weather 2,500 miles away. So the ionosphere um, is up at 170 miles above Earth at night. But the ionosphere is down around 35 miles up during the daytime. And so that's when they you know, start steering. They're right now steering the hurricanes. They're trying to make this desperate attempt at blaming man for global warming, which they are causing through their technology. They have technology that's out of this world down at the South Pole that can reach everything, that can actually apparently communicate with every single person on Earth. You know, get in their heads, you know, follow them around. They don't need to add, you know, metals and all this other stuff, but I mean, it all revolves around that. And uh, basically they're given, you know, time, timelines and edicts that this Earth will be destroyed and you're not going to get anywhere unless you get these people to cooperate. So they're desperately trying to get global warming through. And global warming is a big failure. So is COVID. Huge failure. Because too many people uh, understand about dews, right? Not just the plane with the dew that flies. Uh, that plane could have hit that, uh, done that damage, and, and, and even more damage to Lahaina, from 50 or 60 miles away. You wouldn't even know, you wouldn't even know really it, it was flying but it could easily hit Maui. That other weapon system uh, that is so powerful that, that they basically were able to make tornadoes, killer tornadoes, and they actually set off a volcano with it. And they can create earthquakes with it any time they like. So they do them all. The great San Francisco fire that I mentioned, uh, I think began with an earthquake. But then, you know, you have also arsonists out there who, who you know, help it along. Uh, why? Because they all benefit when you burn the city down. 
That makes them a lot of money. Here, here. Yeah, for their almighty dollar. So, you know, to me, they're all, they're all culpable. The billionaires dictate to the governments and, and you know, the, the governments dictate to the NGOs and the, you know, the, the minions. And then they carry out the duty. They're just following, they say, well, who gave the order in Maui? Well, the order, it came, what do you think it came from? You don't need to just, it doesn't have to be an explicit order. It could just be a cue. Okay, we're ready to go, you know. You've got all the people waiting with their billions to move into Lahaina and buy it up and make it a multicultural Disneyland. That's what they want to do. And they want to make it so that, you know, we, uh, um, you know, the, the Hawaiians can work, you know, can move to work camp. They're, they'll build housing for them and give them an income. They, they could be the first people in America to start off with a credit score income of a guaranteed $1,000 a month, you know, even if they don't do anything, if they just sit there in their work, in their assigned dorm while the billionaire, the big bang baby billionaires are building their, their castles uh, and now they're building their utopian society in a, a 50,000-acre tract in California. And uh, that, I believe that will be the bunker. Because when the people figure out that who these people are and what they've done, they will be hunted down and, and gutted like pigs. Okay? Uh, you know, it, it just takes... They just figured, well, the people... They're never going to believe that we did all this. They're never going to believe that people are capable of such evil. They're not going to believe it. They're going to think it's naturally caused. I have people around here, the most dumb, ignorant people that you've ever seen in your life live in, you know, the, the higher you go here in the power structure of Santa Fe, New Mexico, which is the capital, the dumber they get, you know. Just when I say dumb, what I mean is they spout the, the, the party line, climate change. COVID, masks, lockdowns. That's the closer you get to the city center. That's all they, they can talk about. They're hypnotized, walking up and down the road. They reflexively eat their stupid dinners and you know, wear their little cowboy outfits, thinking they're, they're, they're on some kind of a, you know, like being on some, some sort of life-altering experience. And now you don't have to bite my finger, do you? Huh? You want to mouth my finger? No. No teeth, Oh, he wants to use his teeth. But anyway, so who gave the order? It flows from the money. And it flows back to the money. From the money and to the money. The reason they push the credit, you know, the credit score, the, 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 the unearned income uh, per month is to sell people on the idea of becoming slaves and to increase their billions, to double and triple their assets as they buy up all the land, as they take up everything. Okay, so understand that, please, and just understand that that's where the orders come from. And as absurd as it is, saying someone like sweet old Oprah Winfrey is sitting there trying to become queen of Maui, uh, and, and, and by the way, they come in all colors, as I said in my video. They come in all colors, right? And there's, there's Chinese billionaires, and there's Russian billionaires, and they, all ethnic groups. It's the money that talks.
And no, they don't have any, you know, that's not based on race. It's not based, white supremacists, usually from what I understand about white supremacists, they're a minority and they're mainly poor. Right? Political activists are mainly pointing out left-wing, communist political activists. They have no clue that communism is capitalism. It's the worst kind. Where you're, you're kneecapped so you can never do anything. They're not going to pay you anyway because they're going to have shortages. And the billionaires become billions and trillionaires. It's all done for money. And I explain this to people. And then they keep pulling the statues down. And they pull down, they even pulled down Albert Pike, who's, like, who's really, you know, kind of spiritually running the show, right? You know, and, and they, think, they, they think they're intelligent. And they're really stupid. And it, it's a total curse to be around these people. You know, because they don't seem to understand. Satan is the forked tongue. You know, it's every statement, every, everything they say is a lie, you know? And then with God people, it's a straight, you know? And, and they, they don't want it straight. They want you to play their game. And the thing is, is that their, their game leads to hell. Their game leads the initiation, the hazing, the gang stalking. Le- Stop barking like that, Ben. Stop it. Well, he's just... He's really on the lookout for the coyotes this morning. He's not... Anyway. Anyway, look. There are things worse, you know, than... I mean, dying a bad death is probably the worst thing you could do because it invalidates your birth. Right? So... Dying in Christ is a good death, no matter how you look at it. I hope it's painless. I hope you just drift off. I hope you look forward to seeing the Lord. And I hope you're happy as can be on your death day. Just terribly happy. Wonderfully happy. Peace that surpasses all understanding. So that you can move on and... uh there's a lot more to do and see than this. This is very, very base situation. And it's a simulation, too. Since time and space are merely constructs of measurement. To, basically, everything measures um, entropy. You wouldn't need a clock outside of this dimension. Clock is just there to measure the entropy of objects, people, animals, things. So we are um, in this sea of spirit and matter. And we are all spirit beings. And we're all, you know, eternally youthful. If you have your spirit contained within you, you're the same as you were when you were 20. And that's what someone was trying to tell me. Since you met Jesus, you haven't changed. It's like, well, no, what you see is the same spirit. My spirit's even more alive. The spirit of me in childhood is alive with me. It's all visible. It's all, you, you know, 
So I would appear the same. The only difference is, uh, obviously, I don't operate the same in the world because I take my cue from the Lord as to what to do. And, you know, the Lord has me on the Maui thing because Maui is like, if the people go back to their business after Maui, they're screwed. They're going to die, you know. I mean, here's the warning, okay, folks? Here's the warning. If you don't heed what happened there, where it's a gimme, it's so obvious, or even the Hunter Biden thing, or the you know any of these, you know, gimme that you know for a fact it's not global warming, you know for a fact it's not COVID, you know for a fact it's a scam. You got it finally, got him by the ball, got him red-handed. If you don't act on it, it's like someone said, "Well, we didn't hang them then, so now here they're doing it again." Exactly right. They didn't get in trouble the last COVID, so now see. Too much time, they're, they're, they're going again. They just launched it. Bill Gates said he was going to launch it, and then he launched it. Why don't you believe Bill Gates when he tells you what he's going to do? He loves to arrogantly tell you what he's going to do and then laugh about it, and then he does it. What's so hard about that? So you should arrest him. So you should do something. And you don't go to work You know, and act that everything like everything's okay, unless you're going to talk to your coworkers about the situation and what you're going to do about it while you're enjoying your work. Because, you know, the more distracted you get with this world, the more this world's going to eat you up and gobble you up and swallow you down, and then you'll never surface again. That'll be the end of it. Esau, I've hated. And Jacob I loved. It's that simple. And what were some of the traits of Esau? Well, he had concubines and he had uh, an army and conquered places and he, he did all his own thing. He didn't need God. God wants to be needed. But we need God. I need God just to get up in the morning. Without Christ, I can do nothing. I need Jesus. I need to be able to stand up and walk. I can't do that. Functioning. I I look pathetic being a lamb, but I'm fierce in the spirit. Fierce enough to scare a whole horde of those people off. So with this untapped power of a billion sons, what do we do? It's well, it's not up to you to tap it like what a sorcerer? No, you don't that's not how it works. You just go where you're led to go because you know it's the Holy Spirit, because you prayed first, because you were in you you were in scripture, you're praying the scripture, you're getting an agreement and alignment with God, and then you're doing the next thing God has, and then supernatural powers come to come to help and aid, but uh, people gloss it over and they don't see the miracle. And then everything is dry and dead. They become, what, like Antifa? All the Antifa people, the stupidest people ever meet, they think they're going to get something for their obedience rather than, you know, a bullet to the head, which is more likely. Because that's what they did in the communist regime. I, I just saying, you know, this, this whole commie thing, is a bust. It's only for the billionaires. Once again, communism, 
created by the billionaires, by the rich. By the rich, they've... Okay. Klaus Schwab dined on Wagyu beef in Bali. Bali, Indonesia went overboard to try to welcome, you know, do everything they could to keep the G20 and the WEF there and happy. And they had the most gourmet menu they could have. And they had beef on the menu. Not just any beef, but the finest beef, served by the finest chefs, and then all the other delicacies. And uh, they're trying to, to woo them away, from, I guess, from Maui. Well, that might have worked, and now they want to build a utopia up there in California. It, it's because they know. In, in Revelation 6, they're hiding in the cracks. They're hiding when they're opening, the seals are opening. It's, it's all starting to happen. And they're saying, please hide us from the wrath of the Lamb, they know God's real at that point. And so when they see you, they're reminded of being out with God. And then this is their, this is their island. This is their outpost. This is their, this is their you know, place. This is their standard. This is their, their line in the sand here in their war against God. The war that also includes all the fallen angels, includes uh, everybody, and they're all... So happy as they worship the golden calf and they're going to be with their bros and flashing the devil horns and, you know, having, getting down with some, some serious music and having the stadium so filled with people there's no room to see anything but just a sea, a sea of humanity out there all worshiping the music and dancing to the tune of the Pied Piper, which is the same. It jumps from one band to another. It's the same Pied Piper, many bands, understand? So, it's fine. I love the musicianship. I love the, the, the talent. But it's funneled into a very narrow funnel. And if they violate that funnel and step out of character just for one minute, if they don't put on that makeup and tattoos and piercings and, and be seen in public in anything other than their uniform, they'll be cut and canceled so fast it'll make your head spin. They gotta be that way. Well, no, they're cool. They're individuals. <laughs> Don't kid yourself. Whatever gimmick they got in on, as far as their looks, they have to keep to the end. Because uh, the people that put them there want money off of their, you know, work. And if not, they'll sacrifice them. That's what happens to people who don't obey, who are in, well, no, you have to be in their club, and then they, you know, you owe them everything. They gave you everything. And if you turn against them now, they'll kill you. Or they'll kill your family or somebody. They'll kill all of you. They have no problem. You're dealing with total criminal organization. They're going to, you know, what do you think an organization of Satan would be? It would be criminal. It'd be based on lies. It'd be based on theft. It'd be based on turning everybody into, you know, initiating them all into the criminal, you know, oath of Lucifer with, with, the, with the blood or the fingers or something. And you'd be down for life. When you're a jet, you're a jet for life. Remember, you know, you're in the gang now. When you're a jet, <laughs> yeah. You know, for, you're a jet for your last dying day. Yeah. You want to get out of the mafia? There's only one way out. Because you take an oath to all go to hell together. So at least I have my friends in hell. 
It's like, well, you know, pity the guy that knows he's screwed up and then he's too proud to admit it. See, that's what it is. In the end, it's the pride of the individual, not God. God's not punishing anybody. We punish ourselves. We condemn ourselves to hell. But hell doesn't begin at death. Hell begins in life. Once you're condemned, yeah, I'll have another one. Once you're condemned, again, you condemn yourself. You're saying, I am never going to repent. I am never going to apologize. I'm never going to do anything. I've got to stay this course. And if I did anything like that, I'd be demoted. I'd be seen as weak and I'd be demoted because it's all a hierarchy. We know this. It's all one big ladder. We know this. We don't want to be a slave. We know this. Right? So they laugh. Look at that idiot. Might as well be a bum. You could have had everything, but look, you look at what you got. You don't have, I have eight Ferraris. <laughs> what do you have? You know, so the Andrew, weird anomaly is Andrew Tate boasting about all these cars and women. And it's really, um, I, I, don't, I don't get why he would be popular in the Patriot circuit unless we could call it corruption or love of money creeping in. But then again, patriot does not mean spirit. So I'm sure there's plenty of patriots who are liars. You can't tell the truth if you're compromised. And if you're a worlder, you're compromised. If you're just in the world and conform to the world and staying in your lane, you're, you're done. You're finished. You're dead already. You're dead already. The briefcase brigade, you're dead already. So. Th- Tate may very well have a come-to-Jesus moment now that he's kind of been put through. The The thing is that Tate put himself through that, and he won't take responsibility for going to jail. He, he, He was chastised by the Lord because he was out boasting to people that are the Lord's, and he was making them think that if they didn't have 10 Ferraris, they were losers or whatever, you know, and if they weren't flying around in a private plane smoking Cuban cigars, they're losers, you know, they, you know, he's the winner, they're the loser. And that is, um, God doesn't want to see his people put in that position or, or, or you know, you're shamed in that way. And I thought it was obvious. And then after I was, you know, like, I don't even watch for Andrew Tate. I was just, you know, led there. So I somehow saw him. And then the Lord told me to look at him and to pray on it. And I brought it up because it was, it was time to speak it. And then that was it. I haven't spoken it since. And, you know, looks like he's finally cleared out of trouble and out of jail and all that. And that's great. But, um, you know, uh, I didn't put him in jail. It was just that I was brought there at that moment right before all that, you know, the whole thing, you know, his kingdom collapsed. But I understand he's got plenty of money and he thinks that's God, and that's fine. That's his problem. But I'll put it this way. The, the, when that little clip and those, those little things I did here was very displeasing because there were so many people of God listening and trying to learn something. Like, it's like going to a Tony Robbins thing after meeting Jesus. It's like, you're dead to me, Jesus says. Let, you know, get out of here. Let the dead bury the dead. You want to follow around a man or you want to follow me? It's, 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 you know, get off your stupid fence. 
We just don't have time to screw around like this, folks. This is a time where, you know, you could die any day. Any day. And so you've got to be prepared. You know, you've got to be prepared, one, to meet the Lord, two, uh, to meet adversity. And, and, you know, you may have to prepare a little bit. You may have to have some things to barter with. You may have to, I don't know what your plan would be, but, you know, you've got kids, you've got uh, responsibilities, and you just can't shirk this one. You, when they're burning you down and exterminating you, you must pay attention. This is not some uh, fantasy. These people intend to do what they say they're going to do and have you, whoever's left of the population, eat bugs and live in a you know, 200-square-foot cell. That's basically it to be let out to do, you know, certain amounts of work and, uh, you know, old people to be euthanized, et cetera, et cetera. You know, you know the kind of future we would have. It's funny how these people chose California to be a place to go hide out where no one could get them. They're basically building their own mausoleum there. They're building a prison there where they can fly in, but they can't really fly out, can they? Because people, when they finally figure out who the enemy is, they finally figure out who the bad guys really are. They're going to want to go to that little utopia for billionaires, and they're going to want to, you know, go Rambo on it. Yeah. And that means, you know, raiding all the mansions and, and all that, looking for them. You know, they went crazy in the French Revolution. They'll go crazy again. It's especially after being deceived and lied to and, People don't want that. So I believe a lot of us come together under the one cause of freedom. It doesn't mean we're all believers in Jesus. That, that doesn't matter. But we're brought together for one common goal, and that's freedom. And if you want freedom, you are on the path to the Lord, whether you know it or not. If you want truth, you're on the path. of Truth is Jesus. Truth is Christ. So basically, if you're on the path of truth, then you will run into Christ. I have no doubt, zero doubt on that. It will, I don't know what day it will happen. I, I can't tell you that. I just know that's where it leads. Truth leads to the Lord. Lies lead to Satan. Period. And the worldly wisdom that Satan has about, um, you know, base things, you know, crafty things, street smarts, all that stuff, that stuff's not going to help you. Don't give up your innocence to be cool. Stay innocent. Stay pure-hearted. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. You'll see God if you're pure-hearted. If you're all cynical and worldly, you can't see... Look, let's, let's break that statement down. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. So what the real meaning is, is damned are the people who are not pure of heart, for they can't see God. If you're, this phrase is saying, if you're not pure in heart, you cannot see God. You can't repent. If Jesus has not restored your heart to be pure, to be innocent again, to trust again, because you can trust now. You have the Lord. He's, God's got it, and you've got to prove your faith right now. Do you trust him? Do you trust him? Yes, then stop trying to come up with all these scenarios. I do this all the time, by the way. With, I come up with all these street-smart, worldly, weary, 
theories about people and what they're going to do. And I have to learn to drop it. With God, anything's possible. And all the old rules don't apply. Drop it. We're not of the world. We've got to get the world out of us. That's why people fast and pray, to get the world out of our system, to flush it out, to detox it out, to get rid of it. It doesn't matter what so-and-so says or what so-and-so did. I report the news about the Maui guy because I think that's important because we need to warn people. And hopefully people over there will understand that Calvary Chapel is not their friend. The Calvary Chapel is the problem. And all the other NGOs out there. And all the other minions and players that are taking their marching orders from the UN, the WEF, and the billionaires of the world. Yes, Yes, that's, that's what's wrong. They've got enough money to have these machines at their beck and call. Machines that can mow down cities with tornadoes or fire or cause drought in Texas, cause temperatures to go up to 110 degrees in Texas where people can't leave their homes or their cars or anything um, by, by you know creating high ridges of weather patterns, by altering weather patterns through the heating of the ionosphere. I mean, that's, we've had that technology for decades. We, we can create drought anywhere we like. I'm sipping my tea here. Sorry, I'm slurping. I take tea with um, milk and stevia. I love it. I take a little espresso too in the early, early wee hours and I switch over to that. Hopefully I'll be switching over to more green tea, less caffeine. But I'm, you know, my back is just like miraculously, uh, praise you, Lord. I went out and just shouted praise the Lord today at 3 a.m. The neighbor, if the neighbor can hear me, he must think I'm a complete lunatic. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Yay! I don't care. Okay? I don't care. Whatever, everyone has advice. But um, yeah, I've got a couple of physical things, but I think I'm, I'm probably a lot more, uh, uh, you know, my cognition is, 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 has improved. You know, my IQ has gone up, meaning my brain's working better. And there's no fog. There's no fatigue. There's no huffing and puffing. My heart has uh, some things wrong with it. That I don't know when those happened. But we're watching that. We're, we're trying to deal with that naturally. You know, kind of wanting to wean off these drugs. Because I don't want to be on heart medication, blood thinners, all that forever. But I have to carefully, like right now, I'm kind of at a half, you know, I'm sort of you know, monitoring, I monitor every half hour my uh, blood pressure and my heart rate and my blood glucose to just make sure I wear a special uh, device on my wrist to just make sure that, um, you know, we're, we're not moving back to any kind of high blood pressure or, you know, irregular heartbeat, you know, uh, arrhythmia, uh, atrial fibrillosis, that sort of thing. As long as that's under control, and then there's more I can do, you know, down the road. But, um, you know, it's just all about getting healthy.
And it's all about, you know, living too. I think I've gotten healthier. I've gotten lazier. I've just enjoyed sitting there doing nothing and just looking at the scenery. You know what I mean? Like I was really engaged with the trees. I was really engaged with the, the beauty of the, of the long vistas. You know, I couldn't even see them for years. I was under, you know, stress and everything else. I think my experience with Crazed House, to, to move over to that, first of all, we premiere, the Dark Side of Society is going to premiere at the London Fright Fest uh, tomorrow. Please pray for that to go well. I was in an interview, and I, I blew it. I got triggered, and I started you know, trying to sell the guy on my story, which is why we made the movie. Instead of talking about the movie, why we made the movie, and Larry Wade Carroll was in there with me on a Zoom call, I was you know, talking, you know, I was relitigating my story again. And I do this with people that, that don't seem to believe me, and I keep repeating it. And Zeph, they're not going to ever believe you. It's too over the top. So, you know what I mean? Or if I sense, even if the guy does believe me, I start, you know, going back over details of abuse. And to someone that doesn't know you when you're talking like that about abuse, it just, it's, it's almost a little embarrassing. So, okay, so I did it again, like what happened with Sean Stone. Sean Stone could not air my interview, and then this one I did, they couldn't air it either for the same reason. Okay? They couldn't air it because they were worried about legal implications. You know, they are worried about libel. They are worried about attorneys. And then I called the publicity guy that was helping us. He won't even, he won't write me back. Like, I guess I really crossed a line. I cleared the room, folks. <laughs> you know, and the thing is, is the press there was, even though, you know, the dark side of society has this like underground buzz on it. And, you know, it, it, it's a highly controversial movie, especially in the midst of a bunch of horror movies. And um, people are very uncomfortable with it. Okay. But the little people, you know, people like me, just regular everyday people out there, they love it. They feel, you know, yeah, they can relate because they were abused too and they had to go on and be a survivor and they, 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 they found inspiration somewhere and they, they feel they're going to find inspiration in this. But, the, you know, this is disturbing to the film community. So, yeah, pray about it. I, I don't know what to expect. I... I um, when the media doesn't know what to do, they just black you out. Right? They're not sure. They don't want to comment one way or the other on it. Too scary. So that's where I'm at. And I kind of knew I'd be there. We got a producer there. We got our composer there. We got other people there. We got that. And we had a um, great little premiere down in Mexico City with the Quantum Devil. We didn't win anything. We usually win something, but we didn't win anything. Competition, very fierce, and it's the biggest film festival in Latin America, Mexico City. They call it the Macabro um, you know, Festival. And um, most of the, 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 the films that won were Spanish-language films, all of them, all the ones that won. 
So that makes sense because we were, we were, I believe we had subtitles, but that was it. It was our distributor down there that actually put us in that festival. I mean, the, the film still had to pass. They had to watch it and say, okay, I'm inviting you in. But it kind of did nothing. I don't know what um, the, um, I, the Fright Fest is going on right now. So I don't know how, how it's going. I know that there's, uh, that, that uh, you know, speaking about society, Brian Usner, the director of society, he's, got a, he's producing another film that's there that was kind of a, going back to Lovecraft, going back to some of the same people that he worked with in uh, the 80s, you know, same writer and um, yeah, Barbara Crampton and whatever. And and they did well in Tribeca. So, I, you know, I don't know what he thinks about. I mean, he's in the dark side of society. I don't know what he thinks about it. If he likes it, then that's fine. It'll, it'll help him. It will definitely help him if he wants to do society too, which I'm, I'm not interested in doing. But... Uh, at least not now, because I've, you know, it's sort of been there, done that. You know what I mean? I've, I need to, that's not my life. <laughs> but I don't know why I was relitigating that thing. And, you know, and I did that and I blew it with the interview. And then I don't know if there's, if they have another one scheduled or I'm not sure what, what, uh, you know, it just seems that, uh, you know, I'm, being made to feel like the uh, basement bastard here, you know, the embarrassment. I don't want to feel that way. And that's why I've got to cut off any of those thoughts. Because even if they do think that, what's that got to do with me? Nothing. All that shows is their ignorance toward, toward you know, reality. <laughs> I even, I think I broke some news. I actually mentioned some things that were not... Uh, well, anyway, they said they couldn't air it, and then, like I said, then no one would talk to me again. So, I apologize to Larry. I, I didn't understand what they wanted of, of us. I wasn't briefed. But if it's that delicate a matter, and so PC that... You know, it's funny, when you think of horror movies, I don't think of PC... I think of rebelliousness and subversion. Subverting the truth of this world is something we like to do because we don't believe in this world as our world, you know? And uh, they, they don't like that too much. But fans love it. There are people that really love it. I mean, they love it. The, the, the two people that did interview us that, that have interviewed Larry already They've already promoted Crazed House and, and they've even bought merchandise. At Crazed House, it's crazedhouse.com forward slash store. Very simple. You can get yourself a copy of Glass Backwards there. Glass Backwards is making a comeback as a potential movie in the future and it will be published perhaps by the same people who published Girl Next. My novelization of Girl Next will publish Glass Backwards as well. So that's in the works, but you can get a copy right now and um i have all the t-shirts and the t-shirts are great there's the quantum devil a couple of them there's the crazy house logo that's one of my favorites there's the clown with girl next on it that's always good and there's some other things too there's some coins there's some coins of the um of the monster the barada mo monster that we had it's kind of a cthulhu type monster so there were 
you know, there's uh, there's always something going. Plus, you can see the whole slate, even like our slate for um, the Chronicles of Lorraine West to show what happened to Lorraine after the uh, after the little massacre she did of, of human traffickers, and you know, and she got away. And where'd she go? And what, what's happening? And that's just, that's the 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 the, uh, the story of the Lorraine, Lorraine West Chronicles, which would be you know uh, a really cool series. It'd be a cool binge watch. Maybe twelve episodes. So you know these things are in the works. Never ever after. That's I think that's listed there. Another piece we have in development. And Craves House has a lot of interesting assets right now, and um, I I credit Craves House and all the stress and everything that happened with Craves House is leading to my healing. Because I guess it was just so much anxiety launching this thing and getting these films done it's not not a young not an old man's endeavor it's a young man's endeavor you know so but in surviving it i got much stronger you know and even stronger physically i mean i had to finally break down wind up in the hospital you know the end of this whole sojourn is i was pretty much playing sick the whole time and i was you know fatigued and falling asleep in meetings and things were not you know i had to fight my way through it now i understand that certain systems were failing due to um, due to problems, due to physical problems, due to prostatitis and urine retention and you know kidney problems, all kinds of things. But it's all from just you know overall health, and you know my overall health is pretty much restored to how it was about five or six years ago, or ten years ago. And uh, I'm I'm just right on the verge of you know of, of of flying here. My back is holding me back a little bit now, but uh, yeah, I've seen death. I've 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 drifted by death uh, for years, just you know, almost like you know, falling asleep at every moment. I'd be driving. The big joke was, well, when do you start yawning? Uh oh, here we go. And that doesn't happen anymore. Hallelujah. You know, it's the chronic condition I had seems to have cleared up through the difficulty of, of you know, certain things like, you know, running a company or something like that. Through that difficulty, that stress, that pressure uh, can break you, you know what I mean? Um, and or it can force a crisis to bring out what's been wrong with you. Because I've been asking the Lord, well, what's wrong with me, Lord? And, um, you know, finally sort of got to the bottom of it and realized everything is wrong. Your health is failing. You're not going to live much longer. Even if you try to be good and do everything right, you're still not going to make it. Well, what do I do, Lord? Well, the Lord brings about a good old-fashioned crisis where there's the only thing you can do is be in the hospital and just start over at the very bottom. And then as they brought me back, I realized this hospital's evil. (laughs) I started writing a book about it, and I'm going to continue with that because Larry wants to do a hospital movie 
He really does. It, because we'd be self-contained. I was thinking about the one we had in L.A. when we did Angel's Tie. That was great, that one. Abandoned hospital in downtown L.A. And it was spooky, too. Some floors were, you could smell sulfur. You know what I mean? Like, like definitely poltergeist activity, stuff like that. Fantastic hallways. I love hallways. Hallways make the hospital, especially if you're dealing with mental hospitals. You want a long corridor. It's like the corridors of the mind. And uh, so I was thinking about that, and I'm, you know, going to move forward on that front, and then I'm going to move forward on this uh, seer front. You may see another video from me today if I'm inspired, but I'm kind of, it's not memes. I'm trying to put out some short videos about, you know, like my thoughts about the Maui situation and how important it is really, you know, for us to honor this line in the sand that we, we have to kind of honor. Now we have to understand that the Lord is saying, he's saying, okay, this much and no further. In other words, I've given you everything with Maui. You can see all the components now. And I've given you everything with the new COVID launch of Bill Gates. And you know who the people are. You know the people. There's no excuse. You can't start acting like the world now and just kind of going back to work or trying to do your routine while the mask is on because the lockdown's next and then the food's next. So you starve. So please, it's very dangerous. But the Lord has given you, you know, this is really... I mean, Bill Gates got a second chance because nobody arrested him for the first time. So now he's launching again, and he's told the press he's doing it, and he's laughing arrogantly because he knows no one can lay a glove on him. He knows he's hated. The Democrat Party, for the first time in my life, is hated by everybody. And they're acting like they're whistling by the graveyard saying, well, it's not that bad. The, uh, the, 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 the Democrat Party includes the Republicans. The Republicans and Democrats are just part of the global communist threat that wants to exterminate all people, and they think they're going to get paid off for their cooperation. They are not. They will be killed. The first people to go, in fact. Look, they're just doing the playbook that they've done before in, you know, the CIA overthrowing countries and then they put in the communism. It's the same pattern. But the problem now is, you know, now the people, the people, enough people have woken up and they smell, they're like sharks. Then they smell the blood in the water and they're going into a frenzy. And they're creating memes and they're creating all kinds of things all over the internet. I mean people that are of all different backgrounds and religions. And that's the thing. You know, the same people of Maui, they want to buy it up. They're billionaires of all different backgrounds and situations. But the one thing they have over the Hawaiians is they're the haves and the Hawaiians are the have-nots. So, oh, well, they're in the way. In Lahaina, it's all a bunch of shacks. Everything else around it is, you know, is billion-dollar hotels. So guess what? It's got to go. And if they won't sell peacefully, then it's civil war and they get burned out. If I see one more guy like this Calvary Chapel guy, I'm going to have to fly over there myself. And then, you know, I'll be confronting people like that, you know, live, ambushing them. Because why? Because this is not a game, man. This is people. 
you know, if it happened to them, it'll happen to the people that are in the central Maui, uh, you know, Calvary Chapel. It happened to them too. You know, this idea of just going on and rescuing the people by bringing in supplies now is, in a sense, redundant. That's the help that's needed is grief, spiritual help. No talk of bringing Jesus in. No talk of bringing Bibles in. No talk of talking to them. No talk of no talk of uh, of any of that stuff, because that's just hated. Well, how can you get anywhere if you if you can't mention the truth? How can you get anywhere? Okay, I'll see you next time. I'm gonna. <laughs> Here we go. And look, it's never going to be easier than right now. The victory is there. Now is the time. And you know, I see a lot of you. What that? You want me to go ahead and do that? That was easy. <laughs> now is the time, and um, you sense it, right? You know. Now is the time to start, um, you know, harden up, you know, harden your shell, harden your heart. And, um, you know, this, this self-censoring is, you know, got to stop. Putting up, you know, worrying about getting canceled has got to stop. Because when, you know, the, hum- the human race is in trouble. And what the human race needs, just for the for the for the benefit of the race. So, I mean, we don't want to start just talking about dividing sheep and goats here and leave it at that. Although that is an, an unfortunate thing that has to happen, and God does that. But what the, the the main thing that has to happen is people have to come together, no matter what their political view is, or sexual orientation, or race, or it's got nothing to do with that. It's people need to understand to survive. We have to stick together here. We have to understand, no, it's wrong to, to exterminate people. And let's have that be a guiding principle. What they did there in Maui is unacceptable. And, and you know, arrest the Josh Greens and the, the police chief and the, you know, whoever else is involved in it. And you know they have intel on who exactly who called the order in. You know, I mentioned Biden administration had to know about it because they sent FEMA in. You know, FEMA's not, was sent in, and what do they do? The first thing they did was, uh, you know, destroy evidence, keep people out, and they're still keeping people out. (laughs) Now they're burning fires in Kanapali, you know, to the north. But here's the thing about that. Those neighborhoods have, um, you know, are much bigger, much bigger mansions, you know, but... uh, some in harm's way of these brush fires that are going there. But the, the, the power lines are buried. The trees are trimmed. The lawns are nice. It's not treated like Lahaina Town. So we'll see if they, they stop it. They may also be lighting fires to cover their tracks. You know, the idea that these are really global warming fires. 
This is really climate change. It's man-made. Yes, it's man-made from evil people are, are, are doing it. Yes, you have arsonists out there working for Antifa and whatnot, burning everything in sight globally. You've got them all over the globe, you know, ready to burn stuff to make sure people understand it's climate change and it's your fault, people. You people that are ignorant and stupid, it's your fault. We're burning it all down, but we're going to blame it on you, understand? And you're too dumb to figure it out. So we can, oh, what's this? There's a whole bunch of people waking up and now they're coming after us. Of course, we're going to go after eco-terrorists. Of course, people that have lit the, the, the pipelines and various things on fire needs to be dealt with. Of course, there has to be a purge in the military and all this. There's got to be, a, people have to take responsibility for their own cities that they're trying to burn down and have sufficient security so they can rebuild so they can rebuild what was taken, so they can have their community if that's what they want, because it's based on freedom. And also, people need to speak their minds online and stop this. I don't know what's wrong with these. I, I guess the whole the whole paranoia of the of the film community, because I mean they're all the same, is they're just going to talk about their project. How how much depth do you have as a person? Why would I even want to read your screenplay if all you can do is pussyfoot around online? trying to promote yourself while this is going on. And if this doesn't move you, how in the world would anyone be moved by a movie you might make? They wouldn't. Because everything in Hollywood now is about pulling punches and being politically correct. So how are you going to cut through that? What are you passionate about? I wouldn't know. The film committee, all they do is blow smoke up each other's ass and tell each other how great they are. They're completely deluded. That's New Mexico, that's, that's Texas, that's... America, that's, you know, Sundance Film Festival, that's, you know, that's England right now, that's uh, Cannes, that's everybody. Venice, the world. Why is it that uh, everywhere else people are talking about what happened, is what's happening? They're getting involved one way or the other because they realize that their lives, their children's lives are at stake here. You know, the spiritual lives, you know, the soul is at stake here. So, what are they going to, are they just going to keep talking about like, hey, my 15-minute short drops next week on, uh, now I, I, I told you after I talked the whole time, I told you about you know premiering this Quantum Devil and I talked to you about the premiere of The Dark Side of Society. And those are important to me. And, um, you know, it's part of a, you know, a, a business plan that we're trying, you know, so, so it's business and art that has to come together. We have to be able to, you know, to, to, to uh, prosper in this situation if we can. It's very difficult. Very, very difficult. A lot of stress. And, um, you know, we're trying to, you know, build something that can uh, be involved in lots of things like, you know, graphic novels and, you know, novels and various things and fun stuff. And it's been uh, during this whole pandemic. We have a... Um, 
Well, we'll just put it this way. It's all in a matter of perspective. When I'm here, I'm talking about things of the spirit. But I'm led to do my business over here. And I'm led to have that, you know, so I do say, you know, thank you for this. Thank you for that. That's great. I don't tend to mix, you know, to tell people that are in film, oh, the, 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 the sky is falling. Your house is on fire. Oh, God, help. You know, I, you know, I, I don't go there with them. I'll meet them where they live. But I try to distribute my time between focusing on those things people need to educate themselves and then, and then focusing on, you know, the creative side of, you know, making film, making decisions, you know, writing stories and all that on the other side, you know, and then keep it in perspective. Our stories tend to go like, you know, Quantum Devil is a morality tale. You know, you could you can you can reach the point of no return and be doomed, you know. Um, and Girl Next is about uh, uh, it's about the world being a simulation and about someone who is programmed that doesn't know if they're really a clone or not and is trying to figure that out, whether they can have a normal life again, you know, and, and who the, they're wondering who they are <clears throat> as they're trying to survive these traffickers who are trying to program her into a sex doll for the client, wherever that is, you know, and whatever they, whatever they really have going on. And then <clears throat> it turns into a voyage of discovery and it asks a bunch of questions, you know, that, uh, well, what is life? Are we clones? What, what, what are we? You know, who are we? What, where, where's this girl going, you know, with this? And the, you know, evil ones who are preying upon her get their comeuppance. So good versus evil, good versus evil. What people object to, uh, objected to on IMDb here, is they, have, they said it was misogynistic because there was sex in it. But when they have sex in their movies, it's whole and pure. So again, it becomes sort of a left-right paradigm thing. And I'm like, I'm neither left nor right. It's, it's you know, the, the truth is shocking. People can have sex without asking their permission. There could be, there's a, there's a, a transgender in there who's not a member of LGBTQ and not an activist at all, just living her, his life. Um, you know, and then they're taking issue with that. And, and so, because it's not official, you know, they want everything compartmentalized. And this is official LGBTQ over here, official that over there, official that over there. So I don't have much respect for this industry, if you will, because it's, uh, so completely run on fear. It's just totally fear-based. Everyone's afraid that they're going to be found out as a loser. Everyone's afraid that they'll be on the wrong side of some political issue, so they have to bind their tongue. Meanwhile, their house is burning down, and they can't deal with it. They have to just keep going with this, you know, pipe dream of, you know, one day being one of those filmmakers that will you know, be in the Academy Awards or whatever. Who knows what they think? And, you know, I've asked myself what my motivation for making films was. It's just because I'm a storyteller, and that's a powerful medium to tell stories. And if it gets people engaged and excited, which it does, what Girl Next does, Quantum Devil does, uh, and Dark Side does. So I think they do matter. And, um, you know, people need the space to work out whatever they're going to work out. So we don't answer any questions in uh, the... Uh, Girl Next, and it doesn't just become a Girl Next nice little thing of a nice little thriller that she's trapped and she's being programmed and then she has to break her programming to uh, 
you know, to, to, um, you know, defeat them. It's more like she is programming them. And because it's so topsy-turvy and so many changes like that and so many things going on at once, I think it's hard for people to, you know, and then they want to call it a slasher film. It certainly isn't that. Every time I see it play, I do get some happiness out of it. So, yeah, no, I'm... You know, I've given you my best today. And uh, whatever else I do will have to be after a modicum of rest. And But, uh, yeah, no, I, I pushed the pedal to the metal. You know, I'm going to do a, a lot more work because I, I got to tell you, time is short, you know. Hmm. You can stay in your delusion You can stay in your crib You can stay in your feedback You can stay beyond your welcome
Into a scarecrow 